Ooh, what's up, internet? Welcome to the first episode of It's Just Video Games. My name's Nerdy. I'm your host, and I'm so excited to be doing this. I have been working on this podcast for a while now, and it, it's finally out. It, it, it's Star Wars Day. It's May 4th. It is a day that I celebrate every year. It's a day that's always super exciting to me, and it's also the day that this podcast is dropping, and and that's that's awesome. <laughs> I'm really, I'm excited. I'm happy. If you want to know why the title, though, if you're like, why it's just video games? Why call your podcast about video games? It's just video games. It's because that's what we're told as gamers, right? We have a lot of people in our lives being like, who cares? It's just video games. Why do you care so much? It's just video games. Don't talk to strangers on the internet. Don't watch them play video games. Bill Maher just came out and said that he does not understand why people watch people stream on Twitch on his show. And to Bill Maher, I say, you know what? To you, it's just video games. But this is going to be the show where I talk to people about those video games, about why we care, about why we love this, and about the impact that video games have had on our life. I want to spend the time on this show disproving the title. I want you to walk away from It's Just Video Games being like, you know what? It's not just video games. This matters. This is a this is a community and a, a culture that matters and that, you know, gamer culture can at times have some negative connotations to it. There are some people in the community that suck, but there is also a really beautiful community here. There is a beautiful network of nerds and gamers and, and lovers of this stuff that are, are wonderful and are worth celebrating. And I hope that I get to do that here. I have an incredible first guest for this too. It's Star Wars Day, so I had to go with someone Star Wars, right? In the future, this is going to come out on Thursdays. But today, it's coming out on Tuesday because it's May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. And I have Star Wars Explained himself, Alex Damon on the pod. Star Wars Explained is a absolutely massive YouTube channel that he started in 2014. It was called Star Wars Minute then. They've since changed the title. His wife, Molly Damon, who is an equally brilliant, equally lovely human, has also joined and they they make daily Star Wars content for their over 650,000 subscribers. They're absolutely massive creators. They're absolutely brilliant minds. And Alex Damon was so kind to give me an hour of his time for this conversation. I hope that you enjoy it. And I hope that you go check him out. He is doing really, really wonderful, intellectual, well-edited, well-designed content. Um, if you can't tell, I'm he, he's a little bit of an idol of mine. And the fact that he agreed to do my podcast was really cool. I do want to bring up just before we start that there is a couple of times we bring up the movie trivia schmodown in this, and I wanted to give that a bit of an explanation. I don't feel like we did a great job explaining it in the conversation, but the movie trivia schmodown is an online movie trivia competition that a lot of very, very smart people in mostly LA, but around the country and around the world have competed in. It is run by Christian Harloff and Mark Ellis. And it is basically if you took the world of movie trivia and the world of WWE and you mashed them together. It's so much fun. It's content that I really enjoy. I've watched a lot of movie trivia schmodown and it's actually where I first uh, encountered Alex Damon on the internet. Alex Damon has frequently been the champion of the Star Wars division in that competition. And this Friday, over on the Movie Trivia Schmodown, this is not sponsored by them. This is not an ad for them. This is just a nerd nerding out about something. They, uh, Alex Damon is going to be competing for the Star Wars belt again. So if you want to watch him and his competitor know way more about Star Wars than you or I do, uh, go watch that and stick around this video to listen to Alex Damon on It's Just Video Games. Enjoy. You ready? All right, Alex Damon, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Of course. I, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, if you're watching this live, uh, or not live, but if you're watching this the day that it drops, uh, happy Star Wars Day to everyone at home, May the 4th. Uh, it's always been a big one for the community because of <laughs> the convenience of a sound in the name. <laughs> it just happens <laughs> to sound like something that happens in the franchise, but uh, we're recording this a little bit earlier than that because that is a busy week for you. Yeah, at this moment, I'll probably be talking about The Bad Batch because the first episode of that mm -hmm. just came out. Yeah. So yeah, we'll be we'll be handling that all day. <laughs> um. So I, I, I wanted to get you on here for a lot of reasons. Obviously, you're a big name in geek culture. Um, you're a big name, particularly in the Star Wars culture. And I think that we're at a really interesting point in where Star Wars is at, particularly around the video games. 
because EA, uh, the company that has had an exclusive license to make Star Wars games since the Disney takeover of Lucasfilm, uh, recently lost that exclusivity. And uh, I really wanted to get into it with you about what you thought of the EA years um, and wh wh where you think we're going to go from here now that there's sort of this open field as far as what can come next. Um, cool. But go. Oh, no, I'm just agreeing. Like, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we get into that, I just want to quickly ask, do you remember what the first Star Wars video game you played was? Oh, probably Dark Forces. Oh, that was right when I was, like, getting into Star Wars, and uh, my friend down the street was getting into Star Wars with mm -hmm. me, and he was like, hey, I got this Doom clone, and uh, we went down, and it, he, he also had a Mac, and I remember it being kind of a pain to get the game to work on a Mac, but we got it to work, wow. and uh, it was super fun. I remember we talked about that a lot in, like, second and third grade. Wow, that is... Uh, I, I, I didn't even realize you could game on a Mac back then. <laughs> It wasn't easy. I didn't. I didn't have any Apple products until college, um, so I was like exclusively console gaming before that. And my my, my first was the uh, the old arcade stand up um, with the mm, single yeah. stick. Um, I, I will have one of those in my house one day. It's like my dream video game accessory. But um, would you would you say uh, you know you obviously know everything about Star Wars or almost everything? Um, everything. <laughs> you're you're sort of famous for um being a longtime champion of the star wars schmodown league uh so your your trivia knowledge is is second to one at the moment um but <laughs> i'm assuming that'll change at the end of next week um fingers but, crossed <laughs> fingers crossed i miss how, how many how many clone troopers do you think you can name now after that last match i mean i could name bly already I, I knew Bly. I, I just, it just brain farted. I was sitting there with a B written on my board and I was like, B what? B mm -hmm. what? But I, you know, as penance, uh, I got, I got the Bly action figure. Amazing. So I'll never, ever forget him. <laughs> um, that match uh, is coming on May 7th, right? <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you have another match. To, uh, when we're filming this, you have another match tomorrow, right? You're doing the intergeekdom. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I've got an Intergeekdom match tomorrow, and then I've got the Star Wars match next week. And if I win my Intergeekdom match tomorrow, I think I have another Intergeekdom match in two weeks. So, I mean, like, it's one it's one thing to know as much about Star Wars as you do, but what is it like having to switch between those two modes? It's not that bad. Like, I'm just the kind of person that if I start to get excited about a fandom, I, I just eat it up. So, like... Middle Earth is my other big strength mm -hmm. because that was just something that I loved in high school and I was just devouring the books and reading all of the behind the scenes stuff. So it, it that stuff just sticks with me and I've seen the movie so many times. Um, so any fandom that I legit enjoy and have for a long time, like all that, I don't know, my brain's weirdly wired for retaining trivia. Uh, but then I've enjoyed going into other fandoms. Well, not all of them, but <laughs> I, I, if I never watch another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie ever again, I'll be fine. Uh, but I like I'm expanding my horizons. I'm getting out there. I'm trying other things. And I man, I I loved Ninja Turtles growing up, but those live action movies are mm -hmm. rough now. Well, and it's it, that that one's a wild one to me because the original Ninja Turtles movies I feel like are so successful at creating an atmosphere for their audience to enjoy the rubber suits and everything. And the the CGI version that they redid is almost like off-putting to its the, the audience who loves Ninja Turtles. Like it's like they tried to make Ninja Turtles for a different group of people than mm -hmm. the people who are going to show up. Um, and I, I always find that fascinating with franchises. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I wonder almost uh, going back to try and bring this back to video games and Star Wars. I wonder if uh, that might be something we could say about parts of the EA Star Wars years. Um, and the, the unsuccessful parts of the A Star Wars years. Um, but before you, just before you jump into that, I do want to know, you you are, you are read all the books, you read all the comics, you watch the movies probably more than any other human. Uh, where do you rank the video games in terms of like your love of Star Wars? Mm, good question. Um, I would say that when Star Wars video gaming was really hitting its peak, like in 05, mm -hmm. uh, I, I was at the end of high school, getting into college. So kind of my attention was turned elsewhere. Um, like I didn't play KOTOR when it came out. I think that was in 03. I, I was a, a few years late to that. 
Um, I've never played uh, Star Wars The Old Republic Online, the MMO, because mm -hmm. it was coming out like right when I was in college and I just didn't have time for it. Um, so I, it's never been like a major part of my fandom. But then more recently, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is maybe my favorite thing that's come out since the Disney acquisition. So in that sense, I'm like, yeah, it's it, it's getting to be more and more like that. If they keep making games like that, then it will absolutely uh, climb up my little fandom ladder. Yeah, I, uh, I was a huge Star Wars gamer. Like Knights of the Republic obviously was a huge one for me. Um, and so I went into this transition into the EA games with a little bit of hesitancy. I, I, I really, the, the original Battlefront games for Star Wars, um, I, I had that Battlefront 2 on my PSP and I took that literally everywhere with me in high school. Um, and so I was hesitant coming into um, EA taking over, having exclusivity. And we, we got that first Battlefront game. I felt like it was a fine game. Um, I don't think it like blew anyone's socks off. Um, but then EA, you could say they dropped the ball a little bit with the launch of Battlefront 2. Um, and, you know, uh, outside of maybe the fan response to The Last Jedi, I don't know of a more divisive moment for Star Wars than that. Um, and so I, I wonder, uh, how did you feel going into Battlefront 2? And, and did you pick that up day one? Where were you at with that? Yeah, so uh, I'm lucky enough to be a part of the EA Game Changer uh, group, I guess. So mm -hmm. we, we get to play the game sometimes a little bit early. We got to... Ooh. Uh, play like a few hours of Fallen Order mm -hmm. uh, in October and it was going to come out in November mm -hmm. and we played Battlefront 2 a little bit beforehand and it was interesting and I I appreciate that they're like this the, the EA game changers are like be brutally honest like if you don't like something speak up and that's fine and yeah the the build we got to play before it was released did not have like all of the there were like loot boxes, but like everything was unlocked already. We didn't know what was exactly going to be in them. We didn't know mm -hmm. how exactly how it would play into the final build. It was just like, here's everything in the game. Go for it. And we were like, this is fun. And so yeah. we were all like publicly, this is fun. And then the launch was very different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so everyone was like mad at us for saying that the game was fun. So that that was an interesting time. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not really super into first-person shooters. So, like, Battlefront, Battlefront 2, I was basically like, yeah, this is fine. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm glad there was a story mode in Battlefront 2, but it was, like, three or four hours long. It was very much like an afterthought. So, yeah, Battlefront 1 and 2 were just kind of, like, not my thing. But I'm also, I wouldn't say I'm very heavily into gamer culture. Mm -hmm. And... uh so I also didn't have super strong feelings about how it was put out, but I totally get the people who were annoyed where, it, yeah, it was basically like pay more to unlock things faster. You don't have to pay to win, but you absolutely can. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I, I hate playing the lightsaber wielders in battlefront. Like I play that game almost exclusively to be the troopers um, or mm. to be the, the, the droids. So for me, I, I didn't really notice at first. I, I, I booted up, I played through the story first. I thought the story was short, but fun. I really love the character of Iden Versio. And uh, the, the, you know, it's one of the few Star Wars things I think that we've gotten recently that feels multi-generational, where it, like Iden Versio's story managed to transcend a few different periods of storytelling at the same, within one story, which I appreciated. Um, and then I just wanted to go online and be a clone and shoot at people, right? Uh, so for me, I, I didn't have the same reaction that other people had, but I totally understood the, the pay to win structure of it uh was off-putting and, and honestly it was more ea how ea handled their response to it right um but then they follow that up with fallen order which you've mentioned already um uh, anyone who has watched my streams on twitch knows i i love this game um and to me it, it really is like the biggest 180 i think i've ever seen <laughs> in fans response to one company because fallen order comes out and it is truly truly like the jedi experience i always wanted as a kid um, and so you got to play that early. Where, where does Fallen Order, you've said it's like your favorite thing, but like, what, what do you think about the, the launch of that and what that did to Star Wars gaming culture? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's probably my favorite uh, Star Wars video game. Mm -hmm. Again, I, I haven't played every single game and I wasn't like into the gamer culture as much as other people, but 
that game might as well have been made for me. Like my favorite games are very story driven, one player action adventure, third person like style camera. I love Uncharted. I love The Last of Us. I love mm -hmm. the new Spider-Man. So and I'm also a big Indiana Jones fan. So like exploring tombs, solving puzzles, all of it was up my alley and you have a lightsaber. So I, I was just blown away by the game. Uh, I think we got to unlock it on a Tuesday. It was coming out on a Friday. Mm hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I, I can experience the story and have a review ready. And uh, I think I, I blew through it in two days, just staying yeah. up late because I wanted to. Have <laughs> so, you beaten Grandmaster mode yet? Yeah. Yeah. That's it a... took some time, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing I haven't done yet, because uh, I, I gave a friend my PS4 because I was going to be working on a cruise ship for a year. Um, and so I just, I don't have access to it. It's like, as soon as I can get a PlayStation console in my house, I'll be able to jump back into it. Um, uh, so you, did you end up in this EA Game Changers thing just specifically for Star Wars or is this more of a, a general EA thing? Specifically for Star Wars. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things to just illustrate how the Game Changer program works is, uh, we didn't do it last year, probably won't this year either because of COVID, but, mm -hmm. uh, they have EA play and they'll mm -hmm. usually have the Game Changers come out and that's where they'll show us new stuff. And they have different game changers for like, here's the Star Wars group and here's like the Madden group. And yeah. I, I love that when we go there, it's like we're all there for video game reasons, but we're still separated into, into clicks of jocks and nerds. Like <laughs> all, the all the sports. Guys, yeah, yeah. yeah, all the sports guys are over there and like the little Star Wars group is over here like, cool. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love I'm 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 one of the you know, I'm definitely the the nerds in that group, but I'm also six foot four. So whenever I'm in those scenarios, I, I fit like a weird middle ground where like I'm like a little bit taller than the general like Star Wars community, but I know nothing. I, I can't like participate in the conversation with the other group at all. Yeah. Um, I played a little bit of hockey as a young Canadian boy, but then uh, I grew out of that when uh, I, I found dance. Really love to dance. <laughs> nice. Um, it's, so it's interesting being there also because like, again, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm well versed in uh, gamer culture and all the different ins and outs of mechanics and stuff. So I'm always there and I, I'll play the story. I remember at Battlefront 2 and there's a level where you're like flying a, to to protect Naboo. Mm -hmm. And I was like, where's the Mel Crawler? That's nine nub ship. And it technically should be at this battle. And they were like, <laughs> they looked at me and they were like, well, it doesn't really make sense to model a ship for one level that's not going to be in any other asset of the game so just pretend it's in the background i'm like all right <laughs> it, it, that's the weird thing about this whole share the, the shared canon of everything though right is there is an expectation that it should be there <laughs> um i think that was the that was the big thing everyone was talking about going into rise of skywalker when the you know you have the fanfare the star wars theme plays and all the ships show up and it's like well if all the ships show up then all the ships have to show up and where is everybody um, mm. and you know, the, the fun of the modern source canon obviously is if they're not there, there's probably going to be a book or a comic coming out soon. Um, that, uh, ho hopefully you'll have time to get into, but with how much Star Wars <laughs> comics, I, I just got my first book from High Republic, um, now that nice. I picked up the, um, Claudia Gray into the dark, but like, I just, there's so, there's so much Star Wars. I don't even have time. Um, yeah. Into the dark's good. Uh, light mm. of the Jedi is great. I mm -hmm. loved light of the Jedi. Yeah, I will get them all eventually. You know, it just you know, it's a uh, the the book reading is a very time consuming process. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like I can pick up a video game and you know, make that part of stream content and you know, certain things can be other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas like sitting for with a book for nine hours, uh, finding time for that stuff these days, which is weird because I can't leave my apartment. You'd th <laughs> you'd think <laughs> in a pandemic, time to read books would be all you have, but, um. Then, uh, so they followed the Fallen Order with Squadrons, which I, you know, in a lot of ways feels like a response to the Battlefront 2 launch, right? There's, there's no, um, there's no real, there's no loot boxes, really. There's a few cosmetic things, but I don't even, I'm not sure you can pay for them. I think you have to unlock them. Um, and it's, it's a fantastic game that was, uh, I think, put out really well. I think that um, any of the negativity around it is purely because it is a very difficult, you know, flight simulators are tend to be a harder <laughs> style of game, uh, a more mm -hmm. niche game for sure. Um, ha what do you think of Squadrons, and uh, have you managed to play it in VR yet? Yes, and yes. <laughs> I, I loved Squadrons. Uh, it's something, I still play it weekly with friends. Um, <laughs> so we were invited to be a part of the first, like, Squadrons esports tournament, 
when the game was like it was when the game had been out for maybe a week and mm-hmm. so i got four other friends and we uh were going up against other youtubers in their squadron so it was like before good people got to play the game and figure <laughs> everything out yeah, yeah, yeah. so we we are the original world champions of squadrons oh and no one can take that away from me <laughs> but like we play now and the player base is it, I, it's pretty low now which is a shame mm-hmm. but like you you play only the best people now it's like there's five other groups playing and they're all great mm-hmm. and they all destroy us every time well it feels uh, every, yeah every, i i think it's a great game every time i boot it up i feel like i'm playing against people who are like um practicing to go pro yes and it's i just uh, you know i i've booted up a few times in the last couple of months and every time i die every 14 seconds and i'm like well this is the the story mode was fun <laughs> yeah 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 um but uh that was that that's kind of the last moment for ea's um solo exposure to squadrons and now we're we, we are ending that their ex, uh their exclusive license has ended and we are entering into sort of an unknown right like we we are going to get more ea games they've stated we're going to be getting more ea games i'm assuming we're getting a fallen order 2 um the people watching this might know more about that than us because i who knows what they're going to announce on may 4th this year um we know we're getting the skywalker saga lego game um but we also know that aspire or asper is going to be making a knights of the republic remake um and that the the uh there's kind of open season on star wars so i want to know like where do you think we're going from here as far as uh star wars video games and do you think they're all going to be connected to canon now that it's not one company making them yeah i think that's still probably their goal Mm -hmm. is to uh, unless they slap a legends banner on it but that's mostly a publishing thing Mm -hmm. i I expect that anything going forward is going to play into the canon universe somehow and yeah a lot of this stuff is like they've kind of talked about fallen order 2 they've someone has talked about a kotor remake or reboot or Mm -hmm. whatever but it's like very little is confirmed i think the ubisoft open world game is confirmed Mm mm-hmm and we don't know we know barely anything about that and yeah the the lego skywalker saga i'm i'm thrilled honestly that there's no more exclusivity i think that that was holding star wars gaming back because it used to be like if you go to 2005 like five games came out five great games came out that year and now it's like with, with just one company we got like one game a year maybe or every couple years and i think it's just like yeah give more people a chance make weirder games mm-hmm. a lot more variety like i i think that variety is always the way to go because i've felt very fortunate with the past two games having loved fallen order and squadrons but yeah like not everyone wants a, a starfighter simulator yes and, and some people just want another first person shooter like a republic commando or an rpg like mm-hmm. people want so many different things that one company i don't think is able to handle all of that so you you think that the market like you think there's room for us to have those four or five stars games here because that's always my concern i i'm i'm always worried about the like the 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 infighting of like there's too many stars games backed up one i i'm it's a similar concern that i have with um like the rest of the year for marvel right where they pushed everything back so much that it's going to be like black widow shang chi and eternals in like two and a half months while there's three marvel shows on television sure it's just kind of a like all right i'll get to some of it later um, and I, I think the one thing that Star Wars has had because of the exclusivity, and I'm not defending the exclusivity because I, I, you know, I, I have mixed feelings on it, but there, it has sort of been a big Star Wars game every year and it's sort of felt like an event, um, other than obviously the remakes, um, the Republic Commando on the Switch and then the Knights of the Old Republic being on any screen. Every platform, yeah. <laughs> I was playing it on my iPad and I was like, this is bizarre. Like it's, you know, <laughs> KOTOR on your phone. Um, so, you know, I, there, there is a, I, I have a slight concern about the, you know, if we get four, if we get a Star Wars game every month, I don't think we will, but if we were to get something like that, that some of them would kind of, especially games that need a player base, uh, you're talking about how Squadrons has already kind of fallen off. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, with our move towards these, I'm sure we're going to get a games as service Star Wars game at some point, right? We're going to get like the Star Wars Destiny or Apex or, you know, whatever game. Um, that might be that Switch game. The um, oh god, I completely forgot about that one. There's the uh, the mercenaries. Oh yeah, game. yeah. Star Wars mercenaries or Star Wars something like that. It, it, I remember the announcement and just being like, 
eh. <laughs> That's not, that doesn't look like it's for me. Well, yeah, it was the, tra- the trailer was like a panning shot of like the hallway of Jabba's palace. Right. And there were like Star Wars noises and the hallway. And I was like, all right, I don't know. Okay, cool. It's a nice hallway, you know. <laughs> they could clean more. Um, you would think with Jabba being a slug, you'd think they would have to clean more often than it appears that they do, but... <laughs> there's um, someone behind him just cleaning up the, the slug trail every yeah, yeah yeah yeah. there's just a droid that's like a zamboni yeah <laughs> um so uh there there is a lot of excitement i think about this open world star wars game where where do you think that is going to be set are, are we are we pushing high republic for everything or do you think we're going to keep getting games in the modern or in the traditional saga era for open world i think it's going to be original trilogy I'm usually pushing for, like, let's spread out. But Mm -hmm. in an open world game, I think you're going for just, like, the fantasy of living out whatever you want to do in Star Wars. And I think most people, I mean, the original trilogy has been out for 40 years. So Mm -hmm. I think everyone is pretty familiar with that era, both young and older gamers. Mm -hmm. So to me, it makes sense to be like, that's just a catch-all. Throw everyone into the original trilogy era and let them wander around. If it's High Republic, I will be delightfully surprised because mm-hmm. I think KOTOR proves that people will be excited about Star Wars no matter what era it's in. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, for an open world game, I feel like they would want to let people live out like the fantasy of seeing, kind of like Galaxy's Edge, where you can mm-hmm. see the Millennium Falcon, even though that's the sequel era. But y- you've always imagined going to uh indoor or mm-hmm. something or, or we can see what coruscant is like during the original trilogy stuff like that i i think that'd be my guess i always i the, the original trilogy is such a weird one for me because it always comes down to people want to have lightsabers and there's only so many lightsabers right like it's it's a period of time you can kind of go 20 years in either direction and you can have as many lightsabers as you want but there's that like one chunk of time where there's supposed to not be many and they keep they just keep adding them in. <laughs> that's that's a fair point. Like a prequel era game, I, I think it has probably the same draw mm-hmm. as the original trilogy. But I don't know. I, you just swap the stormtroopers for clone troopers. I feel like you still have to have like the white armored trooper walking around. Yeah, I've always I've been waiting, like literally waiting for them to make a game in the Clone Wars style. There, there was one that was a little bit smaller, but like, if you could give me a full scale, like fight the Clone Wars video game with the animation style of the Clone Wars, you know, like, I, I know we love our photorealism now and the, the, the Fallen Order, like, it literally, it looks like Cal Kestis is just a real person, if you have those graphics uh, on Ultra, but, um, you know, I, I, I sometimes think that video games don't always have to be that. They're, they're playing, you know, Hades was such a great example last year of bringing mm. an incredible art style to the rogue light um style of gaming and it you know one game of the year from the majority of um, outlets right uh and i we called it our game of the year as well because we were my wife and i were both blown away by it um but I, I would really love to see them explore maybe taking star wars towards like a clone wars or a rebel style for a video game and seeing if that can maybe i don't know I, 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 I get a little bit nervous with all of these fandoms that they're getting a little bit away from younger audiences um, I talk about this a lot, especially when we're talking about the DC movies. And I I fell in love with Star Wars when I was like four. And my mom is a huge Star Wars fan, right? My mom lined up for the original tr- trilogy in theaters in the 70s. Um, and so going to see new Star Wars movies on opening night with my mom was like my childhood. And she would take me to the arcade. And, you know, as we, you know, playing Fallen Order, playing Squadrons, um, even Battlefront 2, but to a less extent, I, I feel like I'm waiting for there to be more modern games that I think suit that younger audience um, and that welcome in like me when I first loved Star Wars. Um, and I, you know, it, it is a weird thing because we, we got Resistance, which I, I loved. I thought Star Wars Resistance was a really excellent Star Wars for younger audiences kind of thing. We've gotten some books um, that I think are really good entry points for younger audiences into Star Wars. Uh, but the video games are, the video games to me feel like they're skewing older. Um, especially in terms of like difficulty. I think Fallen yeah. Order is a very hard game. Um, I think Squadrons is a very, very difficult game. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I would love to see some Star Wars, some big AAA Star Wars video gaming that is a little bit more all-inclusive in the way that like 
not exactly Ratchet and Clank, um, but I know there, there's a big state of play for the new Ratchet and Clank game later today when we're filming. Um, and that that is a franchise that is like very fun for adults, but also welcomes in that like, you know, uh, 10 to 15 year old audience that I feel like Star Wars, you know, George Lucas says that's who Star Wars is supposed to be for, right? Um, I don't know. I, I'm hopeful that we'll, you know, maybe that Mercenaries game will suit that um, a little bit more. But I'm hoping we'll see a little bit more of that and, get, you know, stop making games that are, or, or, you know, movies that feel like they're for 25-year-old me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just, it's an interesting trend I've seen. Even, you know, Marvel movies, DC movies, all of these things that I loved as a 10-year-old. Uh, I can't I can't buy comics for a 10-year-old anymore unless they're 10-year-old comics because most mm-hmm. comics now are like the Joker's cutting off his own face and stapling it to himself. <laughs> Doc Ock is like a, a inside Peter's mind and the comic gets into like consent concerns about with his relationship with Mary Jane. And I'm like, this is not <laughs> Superman fighting a god with punches that I read as a kid. Um, so I don't know that, 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 that's the one thing for me is I want, I want there to be games for everyone. And I want to be able to like, when my nephew's a few years older, I want to be able to sit him down and play a star Wars game with him and him be able to enjoy it to the same level that I am. Um, and I don't know, I don't know that I'm seeing that coming out right now. I don't know if a code sure. remake is necessarily that game. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's tough. Because, like, Star Wars is always trying to find that balance of, mm-hmm. like, yes, George Lucas, like, anytime a new project comes out, despite not owning Lucasfilm anymore, he, like, goes to the set and shakes the person and is like, Star Wars is for kids, remember, mm-hmm. remember that. And, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not really seeing that so much with the games. Um, because, like, you want to make something that is fun for an adult to play, but, yeah, they aren't really accessible to a 10 or a 12-year-old the way that the movies or the shows are. Mm-hmm. And I think that they would be capable of playing something like squadrons or fallen order, but like you're still cutting rats in half <laughs> giant rats and in, in fallen order. But well, yeah, I, I could the... see them making like, well, I guess you have your Lego star Wars, but that those are so few and far between. Mm-hmm. And, and even the, the emotional story of uh, like fallen orders storyline is <laughs> is an adult story yeah like it's not (laughs) it's very emote the the ending of that game broke me (laughs) like i remember i i uh i was doing a contract in pennsylvania when it came out i was doing a musical and i like i had a show the next day but i was near the end so i stayed up until like three o'clock in the morning (laughs) and i just was on the floor in my living room weeping at the end um and it was you know it's, it's 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 dark like the the last I don't want to get into spoilers, but there's a character who dies very near the end of the game in a way that's very sudden and very, very, it's a close up. But I was like, okay, this is maybe not for a 12 year old, you know, mm-hmm. um, granted, you know, 12 year olds nowadays, who, who knows what they see um, with the internet. I, I, I'm kind of that last generation of people who like, if I wanted to download a photo when I was 12, it took about six minutes and it downloaded from the top down. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> So I, you know, I, I might just be from a different generation, but it, it, it is interesting. And I, I'm hopeful, you know, we have this incredible, you can do anything in Star Wars gaming, I feel like. I feel like they, they could really go anywhere. And now that it's not just EA, I feel like we will probably see that. Um, but, you know, t- time will tell. It's hard to make a video game. It takes time. Um, one of the things about the EA losing the license that I think is interesting is I think people think that, like, other companies have been working on games waiting for the license to run out, but they wouldn't do that because they don't know that there won't be another deal, right? So I think it's going to be a little bit longer, but, you know, I think it'll be three, four, five years before we really see a lot of those titles come out just because the, you know, just no no company wants to have the next Cyberpunk on their hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, especially... I, when... I, I think they probably were making pitches at least. I oh, think sure, yeah, yeah. Just with how fast they were like, okay, EA is not exclusive anymore. We're making Lucasfilm games. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, here's where we're doing an Ubisoft game. We're, do, we're doing an Indiana Jones game, which I was thrilled about. So like they had a bunch of announcements along with it. So there must've been some level of EA or uh, Lucasfilm behind the scenes being like, hey, we're gonna spread this out a little more. So if you have pitches, send them our way. Yeah, that's interesting. I, 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 I God, I would love to know what those pitches are. I, I would love to know what the pitches that are like, too weird to get made are 
Because, you know, there's, <laughs> there's some companies coming in with, like, look, we have this idea, and someone's going, no, we can't. Uh, yeah, there's definitely, if they're trying to make everything fit with canon, and video games are really unique in Star Wars, because back in the day, you have things like the Force Unleashed or mm-hmm. KOTOR, and Force powers are unlocked by playing the game. And I think that they are being extra careful with how they treat the Force now, mm-hmm. because the Force is not a game. You don't level up. It's it, it's something that I think works for a game. Like, I'm, I'm not opposed to it being in KOTOR. Mm-hmm. It's a game mechanic. It should fit the medium. But the way they treat the Force in Fallen Order, I'm like, I, I love it, because I think it fits very well with what George Lucas has always said the mm-hmm. Force is. And it's not about unlocking things. It's about, like, Cal overcoming his trauma and becoming more balanced. And I'm like, guys, you nailed it. But are they going to be able to do that every time? Probably not. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah, especially in, like, an open-world game, right? Although, with, mm-hmm. with an open-world game, you can kind of just be like, you have all the powers. It's about the story. Have fun. Try and f- go and yeah. figure them out. Um, and honestly, I, I, I would love to see them explore... I would love a video game that explores a Padawan training, right? And, like, learning the Force. Because um, I feel like you could have that level-up kind of situation um, in a more natural way with a younger protagonist who just literally doesn't know what they're doing. Um and, you know, I, th- there could be a really fun game and just an exploration game with a master and a Padawan, and you're trying to keep up with this very, you know, advanced Force <laughs> user. Um, so you, you you do stream on Twitch. You you have your Twitch channel, Alex Damon Live, over on the platform. And I want to know, um, there's a lot of people now talking about the move to YouTube and YouTube streaming versus Twitch streaming. Why did you choose to stream on Twitch and not stream live on your YouTube channel? Oh, I, I stream live on both. It's... Oh, okay. Twitch is a place to do some non-Star Wars stuff. So every, uh, well, every so often I'll do like a video game stream on mm-hmm. YouTube where it's like I'm playing Pod Racer today because I feel like it, and so I'll keep that on YouTube. My wife and I do a weekly Lego stream where mm-hmm. we build part of the Millennium Falcon or whatever set we're working on. But on Twitch, when when I'm more active, the Schmodown has taken up a lot of my time recently. <laughs> but I'll do like non star wars lego mm-hmm. builds over there play resident evil or whatever i'm feeling like and and we do a show called uh, explain it to me where we have people in other fandoms explain like what's going on in wandavision because i have no idea and the, the experts don't know either i promise you they have no more answers than you do yeah <laughs> everyone that, that show is so fun because everyone thought they had it all figured out like every week I would go on TikTok. I, I, God, I've started watching so much TikTok. Um, just it, the swiping is so addictive. But the uh, the number of people who are really smart and know so much about comic books who just, they, they're so confident that they figured it out and everybody was wrong every time. I was like, this is amazing. Like this is, yeah. I don't know how oh, you I come mean, back with confidence again next week. I, I used to kind of be like that with Star Wars and it, it's, basically gotten me to a point where i'm like it's pointless for me to to theorize Mm -hmm. or i will notice that when people will latch on to like tiny little details and i'm like dude that's not important like that is not (laughs) what this story is about (laughs) people always want to try to outsmart the writers and it's like it's so much more satisfying to just sit back and just enjoy whatever story they want to tell you if you're right great but like don't get too attached to your idea <laughs> well it's something that i find in a lot of modern fandom right we're, we're in this age of we have these audiences that love these properties so much and have loved them for so long that they feel you know when you when you love a fandom it feels like you own a part of it right it feels like you are mm-hmm. a part of its creation in a way and so people have ideas about how it works and we've you know i i i I, I was recently in a debate, a Star Wars debate on Twitch um, uh, on my friend Chaotic Neutral Goblin's channel. And uh, th- we, we were debating like how the Force works in the sequel trilogy. And for me, I was like, there's things I don't like about the sequel trilogy, right? Like I don't love every single beat, but I enjoy watching the movies. I, there's not a Star Wars movie <laughs> that I can't put on and have a great time watching. And some of the arguments that were being thrown at me by uh, someone who is not as hot on them was that, well, that's not how the force works. And I was like, 
I, I don't know how it works. Like, I can't... <laughs> I, I, I don't know how any of it works, right? Like, it's, it's my thing in Marvel movies, so I'm like, I don't understand how it works. It looks cool, it's fun, it moved the character emotionally, and that's kind of what matters to me. But I feel like there's this argument that I keep hearing that's like, well, it should that character shouldn't be able to do that. And I'm just, my answer is always, why not? Like, if yeah. they can do this other thing. I, well, I'm the same way. And I do, I do think that comes down to, because so many people had star wars gaming is such a big part of their like people who are introduced to star wars through kotor mm -hmm. i mean that is understandably their understanding of the force mm -hmm. and how like well yeah you, you gotta learn and level up and only when you reach level five are you able to force push or whatever <laughs> and it's like well no i mean just like all you need is to watch if you want to focus on the movies and keep everything in that context, just watch what Yoda says about the force. Mm -hmm. And it's all about just like visualization and believing that you can do something mm -hmm. like Luke didn't believe he could move the X wing. That's why he failed. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's all about just like being balanced. And so, yeah, the, the force in the sequel trilogy never bugged me at all. Mm -hmm. Well, I was also a book reader of the legends books. And so mm -hmm. if, if <laughs> for me to for me to take in anything from those books and be okay with it, I have no I can't complain about the sequel trilogy, right? Like the the Force and the Legends books is just the the most catch-all do whatever <laughs> you could possibly think of. Um and I loved it. I, I you know, I, I it, it was great then. I, I think some of it's still great now. I wish some of it would come back faster than it has been, but we're getting Thrawn soon in live action. So, uh, I'm holding out hope for the end of the year for that or Probably next year, I think the Ahsoka show will be. Uh, yeah, I would probably. assume so. Yeah, yeah, I think next year we'll get Andor, Obi Wan, Mando season three, and maybe Ahsoka. I think we'll probably get Mando season three this year, right? Uh, Book of Boba Fett is in December, but and I... then Mando season three is going to be after that. Oh really? Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. I would have. I, I thought they were going to try and keep that like November launch for Mando, but. Yeah, they're, I think they're filming Mando Season 3 now. They just wrapped up Book of Boba Fett. But I think Book of Boba Fett is going to be connected to the Mando storyline. Yeah. So It would be weird for them not to now. Mm -hmm. I was very excited. I We were watching that first trailer for Bad Batch, and that Ming-Na uh, Ming Wen's character, Fennec Shan, showing up. Um, I, oh, God. I, I, I love Ming-Na Wen. She is one of those actresses that has just been like in things my whole life that have been a big part of it. Watching <laughs> yeah. ER with my parents, and then Mulan, and then... You know, she just always seems to pop into things I love. Uh, and so getting to see more of her is very exciting. Um, where where do you... So it, the big question I wanted to ask you at the uh, when I first asked if you would do this was, do you ever regret making your brand being the guy who knows everything about Star Wars? Not really. I mean, I, I'm just... <laughs> I know a lot about Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I never try to make it so that I'm like, I know everything. It's like, I'll I'll know as much as I can. Mm -hmm. I'll keep up with all the stories that I can. And I'll stay uh, more informed than I think most fans do. But I, there's things people ask me all the time. And I'm like, no idea. I just, <laughs> you got to own that and not mm -hmm. pretend. Or like, try to, try to talk your way around it or be like, oh, well, that's just not important. So I don't have to know it. Like, nah. <laughs> I just... It's the one thing that I've always, always been passionate about, and I've always known a lot about it. And so, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty happy with how it's going. Like, mm -hmm. it's more fun, you know, when new stuff is coming out. I'm really excited for The Bad Batch to start because we've been just kind of like, yeah, we got a book, get some comics every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Just kind of been waiting in between uh, Mando Season 2 and Bad Batch. <laughs> yeah, and that's really interesting, right? Like, it's being as niche as your thing is you really are dependent on disney making more stuff like it, not necessarily i guess because like there's always i'll pop back into legends every once in a while mm -hmm. but it's much more exciting to talk about the new stuff for mm -hmm. me it, that that's what really gets me excited and going there are some weeks where i'm just sitting there like all right i gotta make seven videos about something and i'll <laughs> just try to find anything that halfway interests me mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to do that when yeah new stuff is coming out and i'm like we had yeah, this, this guy can review this i can talk about 
Easter eggs and I can theorize even though I'm always wrong. Like mm -hmm. that, that stuff is more fun and engaging to my brain. <laughs> so this, this, this question is more for me personally. Um, uh, I wanted to ask you, you work with your wife, Molly, who is also a brilliant um, Schmodown competitor and knower of Star Wars things. Uh, and you guys, you guys have been making content together for a long time. Uh, you started this channel, I think. I don't think you two started this together, right? You, it was just you at the first when it was just Star Wars Minute back in 2014. Yeah, it was kind of like a little, let's do this and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And it, it didn't take too long before I was like, okay, I need help. Mm -hmm. So as someone who is making content on the internet as his job with his wife, what do uh, you and Molly do to have a good working relationship and, and keeping your relationship and your business life uh, separate, but also but also together? You know, I, I think that's something we, we've only been doing this for less than a year now. So I'm, I'm looking to, you know, the people have been doing it longer for advice probably the same thing as just a, a good healthy marriage is communication mm -hmm. and and in my mind i have to let go of control i'm a big old control freak uh i it, it's hard for me to let go of anything mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm getting better about it but uh she is a lot more flexible mm -hmm. than i am and like i, I think it's made our Q and A videos, for example, a lot better because I used it used to just be me, and I would just like answer the question, and it would take me multiple takes because if I flubbed something, I'd be like, "Nope, I'm gonna do that again." I, I it always bugs me when YouTube channels are like constant cuts mm -hmm. just to get a single thought out, and I'm like, "No, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna say my piece and I'll move on." And now it's much more like Molly and I riffing on things. We'll choose questions that will activate like maybe an improv little game between us or uh spark jokes and that's just so much more entertaining and so much more fun to film mm -hmm. i remember when she first came on so, one of my favorite comments we've ever had is uh now that molly's on the channel the videos are educational and entertaining <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I think it's just like you know being open to listen and communicate and make sure you're on the same page mm -hmm. um it's also hard to just like set aside, especially when you work from home, mm -hmm. just take a step back and like close the office door and go down and like cook together, eat together, like and not talk about Star Wars. Mm -hmm. That can be difficult, but I think it's important to do. Yeah, we're we're in a we're in a one bedroom apartment, so we we have a full photo studio set up in our bedroom for when we need to do photos for our Patreon and whatnot. And so it's it's one of the most interesting parts of it, especially because um, we're, I'm in Ontario uh, and we are still in full lockdown. Like nothing is open. I cannot go mm -hmm. anywhere. <laughs> uh, even the grocery store is at like 15% capacity. So uh, for us right now, it's like, oh, I have not, I've seen like one person I know in real life that wasn't my wife in the past five months. It's literally just been us, and thank God for Twitch, right? Our, our Twitch community has kept me sane. Um, and, you know, I celebrated my birthday yesterday online because I was like, well, I can't see anyone, so I might as well just, like, hang out with all these people I've built this incredible relationship with. Through Happy birthday. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, my wife got me the uh, the big Razor Crest Lego set, which I'm very, very excited to put together. Um, just dump it out on the floor, and it's built. What? It's it's screen dump it out on the floor and it's screen accurate. <laughs> Spoilers. That's, we 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 finished that right before that episode aired. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. There's a part of me she handed me, I was like, how awful would it be if I built this and then like hit it with a baseball bat for a video? Just just for the like Oh man, that hurt. That one hurt. I, I'm not ready for the day they blow up the Millennium Falcon. Because it will happen. Like, just for a... Like, some writer is going to eventually do it. And, you know, I feel like um, Star Trek has gone to that well a few too many times. They've destroyed the Enterprise in all of the Kelvin timeline films, I think. Um, but one day they're going to blow up the Millennium Falcon on screen. And it's... It, I'm, not, I'm not ready for that. I'm skeptical that they will just because it's so... It's ageless. Like, mm -hmm. that's why I'm like... You don't kill Chewbacca. You don't kill 3PO or R2 or any of the droids. Mm -hmm. You don't kill the Falcon because you can jump a thousand years into the future and there they are. Like <laughs> they're, they're yeah. still recognizable uh, <laughs> icons of Star Wars that can anchor any story. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm mostly just saying don't do it. I don't want to watch that. It'll hurt. You don't think a moon's going to land on Chewbacca anytime soon? No, I think they only did that because it was a book. Yeah, yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah, I think Chewbacca's a timeless character that you, anyone can be in that suit. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously Star Wars, the movies are always kind of the, the, the top of the pyramid, right? I, I feel like that that's always the thing we're most excited for. Do you think there is room for a Star Wars video game to go into the future of the Star Wars universe past Rise of Skywalker before a movie does it? Mm. I'm sure there's room for it. I'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. I think that, like you're saying, that it's the top of the pyramid. I actually think of it as a like a reverse pyramid, a funnel, because like the most people watch the movies mm-hmm. and then almost as many people watch the TV shows and then you get like your video games and your books and your comics. And so... I feel like they're going to want to anytime they dive into like a really major new era, if it's thousands of years back or forward, I think they're going to want the movies to set that tone mm-hmm. instead of be like, well, this random comic that we did on a whim now has defined what the movies have to look like. Mm-hmm. I think they'll go the other way around or, or video game. <laughs> well, that's one of my favorite things about Star Wars, right? Is the, the movies, the, there is no change in like the technology yeah like if you go to kotor the ships look different because they're they're like different shapes but the actual like functioning of the technology is so consistent across thousands of years um up until last jedi adds you know the ability to track through light speed which i feel like is like kind of the only technological advancement we see across star wars in a weird way um and I'm, i'm actually kind of excited to see you know i think it puts writers into a box in a way it gives them a constraint around light speed that I think will actually be fun to play with in the future because they'll actually have to like think about how fights end instead of just being like, and somebody ran away, which is, you know, sort of a recurring thing in Star Wars. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I almost wonder, you know, I, I almost wonder if they'll make a movie that opens up the future. I, I think Rogue Squadron could do it because who knows when that's going to take place. Um, I do think it's going to take place post Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. My main reason is because... Uh, wedge i think wedge has to be in it mm-hmm. and i think it'll be dennis lawson and i think it'll be him passing the torch on to whatever rogue squadron is doing at that point but that e- either that or they spend the whole movie de-aging him but i, I think he will be part of the squadron and kind of the the teacher mm-hmm. that that hands the torch over to the next generation of pilots yeah it would be weird to have that movie without him or luke right like you need one of them mm-hmm. yeah Shame it can't be Biggs, just because the last name Darklighter. So good. you're right. Um. So what is what is the next thing coming up that is not Star Wars that you are super excited for? Hmm. Or are you just super too excited. caught up in the schmodown to even think about new things? <laughs> Probably. You know what? It's Ted Lasso season two. <laughs> this is this freaking football show is all anyone recommends to me watch it yeah it's the best thing i'm not like big into sports Mm -hmm. i i know how soccer works i played soccer growing up but i don't know you hear the premise of it and you're like okay it's like a it's based off of some parody commercials Mm -hmm. it by all rights it should not work but it is like the funniest and most heartfelt thing i've watched season one four times in the past like three months it's only 10 episodes Mm there's short episodes like you can blow through it but God, it just, it makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah, I got, um, I got the, I, I've been recommended it like a hundred times and I have the SAG screener, but I realized I don't, I don't have a DVD player. <laughs> like I don't have any, I don't have anything that can read. Um, we're trying to get a PS5, but it's basically uh-huh. impossible. Um, and so I have, I got like the full, you know, you get this, uh, I'm, I'm an actor in SAG and I got this giant package of DVDs of everything that came out last year. And I can't, I can't do anything with it because I have no way to. My laptop doesn't have one. My computer, it's, it's a, it's a whole new world. That's crazy. I'm surprised they didn't just, yeah, digitally do it. You'd think that'd be a lot. They did, but the easier, digital but... ones, the digital ones, um, they have a. Basically, they have to send everything to every single SAG member, um, and there's a lot of people of advanced age in the union. I think that's an. I hope that's an okay way to say that. Who uh, sure. don't don't want to have to learn how to use a computer. Um, and so I feel like we'll, we'll go all digital eventually, but, uh, the, the union, unfortunately is, is we're, we're still going to be sending out these packages for a few more years, I think. 
<laughs> um, even though it costs the producers of the movies a lot of money. You know, there's times there's times where people are like upset that um, an indie darling won't be nominated for a bunch of things. And part of the reason is literally just that the producers can't afford to send the DVDs mm -hmm. out to, I think it's like 12,000 people for one union. And like there's, they have to do it for five different unions. Like it's a yeah. huge, huge, huge expense. Um, and so sometimes that's why you see the bigger studios have a, a bit of a leg up because they can afford to do that and the meet and greets and all this stuff that goes into award season. Um, well, you know what? I, 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 I find you so fascinating. I, I find your content endlessly fascinating. I think you have done such an incredible job of melding, um, some information that can at times feel a little impenetrable, uh, cause it's, it's, it can get very deep cutty in a way that I don't think is for everyone. Uh, and yet the way that you present it visually and, uh, it, it really makes it accessible. I, I've never watched one of your videos and not felt like anybody could watch it and fully understand everything that's going on. Um, so I, I'm so grateful that you decided to talk to me today. I, I really, I just, I'm a huge fan of yours. Um, I actually found you through the Schmodown, which is interesting. I, I had never <laughs> heard of you. And then I watched that. And then I started going back through your back catalog of videos back in like 2017. Um, do you have anything coming up that you want to plug? I know you have a big couple big matches. Sure. Yeah. I've got, uh, at least one Schmodown match that'll be happening in on May 7th. Uh, mm -hmm. it, yesterday I put out from, from when this is airing right, right, right. on May 3rd, uh, <laughs> I, I put out my biggest video of the year. I do the, the big Canon timeline recap that oh, I, right. I add to every year. It, it looks better than it ever has. I actually like hired a friend who is a graphic designer to make all the graphics for it. So it looks good for once. I'm like looking at my past ones. I'm like, Oh, these are garbage. This, this is the future. So I'm, I'm thrilled with how it came out. Mm -hmm. One of the things I find amazing about your channel is those are your most watched videos. And mm -hmm. I would always expect it to be something that's in the like three to five minute range that people can kind of get through right? or like go back to. And yet it's the, it's your, it's your canon timelines. The, the viewership on those is truly insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's, it's like the same story every year. But people <laughs> want to see the, the seven minutes that get added to it. So uh, how long is it now? I think it's 58 minutes this year. I was close to breaking an hour, but I didn't want to like force, like just, I don't know, ramble on about something that wasn't that important just to break 60 minutes. So next year. I I mean, the fact that you can even distill down everything in canon right now to an hour is very impressive. I don't think I can, I, I if you asked, asked me what Fallen Order was about, I don't think I could do that in less than 20 minutes. <laughs> but I, I, I tend to be long-winded. Um, yeah, and it's so. like I'd spend maybe a minute on Fallen Order. Mm -hmm. It's very just like, okay, how do these, how does the event of this book impact the galaxy, mm -hmm. or at least the the major players? Like, how did this change Luke or whatever? Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it, it's more you know, if Fallen Order two comes out, then I'll probably talk about Fallen Order one a little bit more, mm -hmm. just to connect it to it, it. It's it's weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you so much for being here. I, I will let you get back to your studying. I know that you have to watch the Star Wars movies from sunup to sundown. So mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I, I wish you luck next week. I'm, I'm rooting for you. Um, I, I, I think you're going to win, you know, so pulling out for the good guys. I don't I don't think I should say that. He's I'm assuming your competitor is also a very good person. Um, oh, but... yeah, he's great. Well, I mean, technically, I'm the one that's kind of going dark side now What in the I, I've. <laughs> If you've never seen the Schmodown, there are characters mm -hmm. that we play. And I usually, have, I've always just been myself. Mm -hmm. But the idea that I've held the belt for so long, I kind of pitched uh, to Christian, the guy that runs it. I was like, what if I'm kind of like a golem type creature that needs a belt? Oh, And when it gets taken away from me, it's like all I can think about and all I'm concerned with. So that's kind of... I'm descending into chaos a little bit. <laughs> You're becoming like the general grievous of the... Uh the schmodown you need the light you need a lightsaber yeah. collection to feel like you're whole exactly <laughs> well um alex thank you so much i hope you have a wonderful match tomorrow no on friday yeah filming things uh, we we usually film things and put them up immediately because <laughs> we do a lot of like trailer reactions and stuff like that so this whole like filming in advance thing is very weird <laughs> i'm gonna actually edit this video that's gonna be fun <laughs> um thank you so much man uh, i hope you have a wonderful day and uh, good luck May the force be with you. Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
And there it is. Our first episode draws to a close as we finish our conversation with Alex and we head into the outro, which I realized I needed after I edited the thing together because it just kind of ended. It was a little weird. But uh, if you got all the way to this point, thank you so much for listening or watching. It's just video games. This new adventure that I'm going on here on YouTube and across our podcast feeds. If you want to uh, listen to this, have it right in your ears. If you are a YouTube watcher, make it a little easier in the future. We're everywhere. We're on Spotify, Apple, Breaker, iHeartRadio, all the dang places. And I hope that you come back next week. We have a really incredible guest, a cosplayer, a model. I can't reveal who it is yet, but if you follow me over on Instagram, Twitter, at Nerdy Nightly, everywhere across the internet, you will get some little sneak peeks, a little bit of info before next Thursday. This is going to drop at, uh, I think I said 5 p.m. We're going to try that out at first. We, you know, we might, we might play around with the time. We might play around with the day, but we will have an episode next week, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. We're going to be talking about Pokemon Snap. Uh, the launch of that. Hopefully, we'll get into a little bit of Returnal, uh, depending on if uh, they've played it, because I have not, because I can't get a PS5 for the life of me. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. <laughs> but until then, please uh, come check out the Twitch. I'm streaming over there at twitch.tv slash nerdynightly. We're having a good time with the Nerdy Lock, doing a hardcore Nuzlocke of every single Pokemon game in uh, release order. We have beaten seven, and we're going to beat Ruby very very soon. Until next time, y'all. My name is Nerdy. Do something nerdy tonight. Bye.